1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: On debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great, but
0: with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you
2: with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing
1: Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
2: Or call 800-575-6986. That's 800-575-6986. Tax Relief Advocates. Real solutions for real people.
3: It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Gionato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis' sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN.
4: Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller's producer on the program for us. Glad that he is with us. In just a moment, joining us live from the tailgate outside of whatever NRG Stadium is now. Reliant? I don't know. Maybe it is NRG now. He's down in Houston. He's at a tailgate. He's already complaining about the wind, which... Suspiciously, I'm thinking like that's his way of just saying, like, I'm trying to get out of this. But nonetheless, he's not. The people need to know what the scene is like in Houston, Texas for the national championship game. Mark will join us in just a moment. Big day of news on the Tiger basketball front. Jason Munns will join us to discuss that. We'll also, of course, talk about Memphis's second consecutive thrilling victory that involves a Javon Quinterly. Big three-point make. We'll get into an NFL recap as well as the list during hour number two. We'll tell your story, and then we will get out of here. But now live from the parking lot of, I believe, NRG Stadium. I, I don't. That, I used to be really good on stadium names. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's NRG. It used to be Reliant. He's the Commercial Appeal's lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. He's a top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. On Twitter, on X, at mgonato. Mark. Good day, sir.
3: It is indeed NRG Stadium. I can confirm mm. it's in big letters right in front of me, Jeffrey. Uh, and it is super windy. Luckily, I, I, one of my friends I, stupidly. Drove a car here today. Mm. I, yeah, which is clear. I, I'm watching him drink right now. He's gonna. He's gonna regret the decision. Um. Is it a rental? <laughs> yeah, it's a rental. And is he yeah. rich? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: That that car ain't getting back. Uh, someone's gonna get paid. <laughs> someone's gonna get paid to take that bad boy back to the airport.
3: Well, and then I also have a friend of mine, Hyatt, in the car with me. He wanted to join us mm. for the segment. He wanted him to get some points. this is. Jeffrey, he's been on the show before. I believe, mm-hmm. he's the, I believe he was the voice of uh, Mark at one point during the pandemic. Yeah, your, uh,
4: whatever, whatever we called your alter ego. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But he wanted to get some points across about this Michigan-Washington mm. game as well. But, no, the scene right now, I'll say this. There's going to be a lot of Michigan fans at this game. Uh, I, I've seen, there's some Washington fans here, but they are dwarfed by, uh, by Michigan fans. Like, it's not even close. Um, like when I was, when I landed at the Houston airport this morning, uh, you know, I saw like maybe five Washington fans and I saw probably a hundred Michigan fans. Yeah. Like, most that,
4: people are saying 70, 30. I don't know how they know at this point. Right. Like how I, you know what I mean? Like I, it makes all the sense in the world to me that Michigan's going to have more, more fans because like, I don't know. just like, look at a, it's the big house versus Husky stadium. Like, one sells out 100000 every single week. Like, it's just – it's – I don't know. It, just, it would not surprise me. But I just don't
3: know how we – I don't know how they get those projections early. Well, and I think the other interesting part of this is that the weather here is pretty questionable. It's, like, really windy. There's, like, thunderstorms there. Like, I switched – I was supposed to land, you know, Jeffrey, at, like, 150. And on Saturday night, when I saw the forecast, I – was, like, I, I was worried about my flight getting delayed because there's thunderstorms. And we've heard from people today, like, they're redirecting some flights that were supposed to land in Houston. They've been redirecting them to Austin. Well, I know because- I know
4: one of Michigan's most famous alumni. I'm sure all the journo, uh, Journos are big fans of him. The Michigan Daily's one of their favorite. Dave Portnoy, he was stuck in Miami, but I, good news, the, the flight took off. Okay,
3: there we go. So Portnoy will be here. Yeah. Um, but it's been. Do we know uh, is Brady gonna be there? I don't know. That's a good question. It's not in person and spirit. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> this is that's my friend Hyatt. Um, all right, Hyatt, I want to hear these points. Okay, let's start to. We're on, fr- hang on, hang on. I gotta ask this one first. How
4: do we feel about Michigan alum Shefty? I'm just saying. There's a lot of chatter right now in the pregame show about Harbaugh, Harbaugh to the NFL, and Shefty's not exactly putting it down.
3: Because well, it's true. But who cares? We're in the national <laughs> championship. Like talk, if you want to, chip, I love how Hyatt it also has a better radio voice than any of us. Thank you. <laughs> and Dennis, just be on the, be on the <laughs> yeah, heads box. up. I'm going to do my best uh, <laughs> to not get dubbed. But I mean, honestly, that's probably true. Who cares? We're favored in the national championship. Like, so I, you guys are going to want to cut me off because I can go for hours. But what? No, I'm no not go ahead. Do, is I'm not going to tell you the game analysis. We know it. We prepare for offenses like this every year. It's similar to Ohio State's. We match up well there. We're going to be able to run the ball down their throats. We know that, too. There are two things that I want to focus on. One, which terrifies me, is you talk to anyone, myself included, around these parts. It's like, what's your feeling here? We've gotten our face kicked in in big games for over a decade. I can tell you, to a, to a man, every single person is wildly confident about this game. I just... I, no one understands, one, how the line is only four and a half. All the fancy stats say bigger. We match up well. I don't understand what's going on. And two, it's, this is that type of team. And I think one thing that's one of the best, better points I've heard today that I totally agree with is you listen to the players get interviewed, and the Washington players get interviewed. They're like, hey, we're just happy to be here. It's been a, it's been a wonderful season. Like, we're just proud of everyone. No, Michigan, Michigan players are like, we have a job to do, and the job's not done. And the mindset difference is astounding. It's almost, it's, it's men getting ready to approach what, I, what I, I'm about to call little bro. Yeah. Like this, it's, it's, we have the talent difference. We have, I think the approach is going to be an advantage for us. And I think this mindset thing, and I hate talking head hyperbole. I never bring this stuff up. I think that is a real difference in this game. It's one thing. Two things just on the general state of college football easy to be down on college football just with what's going on etc one thing that i'd love to point out and that i just keep mm-hmm. saying is you asked me five years ago does michigan would michigan ever be in a national championship let alone favored in the national championship it was just we were playing a different game than everyone else and that's what it felt like at least the, the big boys that were in these national championships and i think it's worth focusing on what nil and the transfer portal has done it's reawakened classic programs that can now compete, who didn't want to cheat and throw massive amounts. Mm, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. People. How did how, how, how Chuck Woodson
4: find his way to Michigan?
3: <laughs> I mean, it was a different type. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's funny that you have to go back 25 years, right? Like, he, we weren't doing it to the extent that others were. And we're well, yeah, not, the, the record showed. The other day. But to, to try to claim that we were giving the same amount of money that other schools were is just false. And now this is leveling the playing field again, and I think makes it so fun to not – Watch the same old teams play. And If they make it, like Alabama, even though they shouldn't have been it, we can stomp their faces. It's it's back to back to uh, pre BCS. Things funny. are good now that Michigan well, can win. The yeah, Raptors. I was going to say it's. I, I like how the Michigan
4: uh, perspective is. Yes, this is a fair <laughs> system as long as we're winning. That seems to be the, that seems to be the logic. Yeah, that that sounds sounds, fair, pretty, to sounds fair to me. Sounds fair to me. Yeah,
3: that's how this country was
4: built. How how happy is Michigan that they got to play Alabama with Jalen Milrow instead of Georgia?
3: I, I mean, sure, you can make, I'm glad we didn't have to play, uh... We wouldn't have yeah, had to, feet. but that's the thing, we wouldn't yeah. have had to play Georgia. Yeah. Georgia would have been the two-seed if they beat Alabama. Yeah. We were or the one-seed. I would say this, though, are
4: y'all not a little... I'm sensing, and Mark can probably, Mark would probably have a better sense of this than, than Hyatt, but doesn't this feel a lot like the Eagles at the Super Bowl this year, where they thought they were going to win, and on the other side, the other side has the better quarterback? Like I know y'all, y'all aren't really used to seeing good quarterback play. McCarthy is not the better quarterback in this game. Oh, not at all. No, I but I, but
3: I would argue they have three NFL they, receivers. They have the better receivers and the better quarterback. And I know their offensive line is considered the best offensive line. No, no, field. no. I, Michigan. Mich, I, this they is they haven't played a D. Department. They haven't played a D line like like I think Michigan is better at every other position besides quarterback and wide yeah. receiver yeah. and. Um, it to me, it's Michigan doesn't. If Michigan gets a lead early, I think that's huge to me because then they can really play their style of football. They can, cause, like the key to this is they got to ground, they got to ground and pound Washington. They got to, you know, they got to give them a little taste of Big Ten football before yeah, they join. I think that's an important point. Having only six days for this is a huge advantage for Michigan. So you just line up and play non-scheme football, I think, non-super-complex-scheme like super complex scheme football. Michigan was better prepared for this matchup just going into it and didn't have to put too many tweaks. I think the stuff we're about to throw at Pennix, sure, uh, they they could have schemed up better, better looks, but the fact that they only had six days, I think it's a fantastic advantage for Michigan.
4: Well, I think the, I don't know, kind of the way that, it, it feels like whatever the score is at the end of the first quarter, I'll be able to tell you how the game's going to go because it does feel like Michigan is the type of team that can hold the ball away from Washington. Like, the closest we saw to someone doing that was what Oregon State did to them, and Michigan's going to be doing it with a billion times better players than Oregon State was trying to do it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I do just wonder. It's like, I've kind of looked at, like, the, the CFP championship games. All right, if you look at it this way. 2014, Ohio State just had a better roster and beat Oregon. 2015, Alabama had better big people. Clemson had the better quarterback, but Alabama wins. The next year, Clemson gets them because they kind of, you know, they, they they got they got the game more to their liking. Then you get Alabama uh, with Tua coming in at the half. Better passing game wins. 2018, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson kills them with Trevor and and the receivers. So better passing game wins. 2019, LSU, better passing game. Beats Clemson. 2020 was the Alabama team. I don't even know. Like, that was just such a bloodbath. Who? But it's still, I would say, better passing game. And then the last two years has been Georgia over Alabama and TCU, better big people. I don't know. Just to me, like, it really boils down to, does this become a game of which team throws it better? Because if that's the case, I like Washington. But we've seen plenty of other examples where it never even gets to that.
3: I just think, I just think Michigan is more versatile in that, like, if it becomes a shootout, I don't think that precludes Michigan from winning. No, game.
4: but are you telling me y'all don't in the back of your mind y'all just forgotten the TCU game last year where it did become a shootout and Michigan would have been fine except McCarthy threw like Same four touchdowns the other team
3: played their worst game of the year. It was it was a horrible game plan and we threw two pick sixes and, and turned the ball over on their one. Yeah. Like that's a big. So if that happens, we'll lose. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that's the right corollary, and I would actually argue if I don't think the first quarter will show this game i think we have because we've been preparing for an ohio state style offense which this is all year we're going to have adju- ready-made adjustments that we can make and if they go down the field and score quickly we can make adjustments i don't think they can adjust to what our offense is going to do to them where we just pound them in the teeth do whatever you want we're going to pound you in the teeth so i'm actually i actually i know a lot no, of but i'm saying
4: like if, if michigan's before. up 14 nothing like go and write the trophy like that's what I like if if Michigan gets a, a two touchdown
3: lead I really think they're going to be able to just sit on it. I think if they get it if Washington gets a two touchdown lead I don't my takeaway is not this game is over. I, no, I, I, I agree. They,
4: if Washington yeah. gets a two touchdown lead I think that doesn't take that doesn't take Michigan out of the game plan. But if it's 14 nothing Michigan after the first quarter I know which way I'm betting and that would be
3: Michigan's going to win comfortably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, not to not to be rude here, but you, you're going to bet on the favorite if they've got a two touchdown lead. Way to go! Well, no, no that's there. when
4: you start. That's when you start looking <laughs> for the all. No, last year you can ask Mark. I there was not a bet with Georgia and TCU that they offered that I didn't take. Like and I just kept I kept betting because yeah. I was like, there's this is just. But I I also think Washington is
3: better than TCU was. Yeah, so that's fine. One thing that I would say, which I think is kind of what I was saying earlier with that TCU game, is TCU was like, we're happy to be here. We're playing with house money. Where Georgia's like, let's do this again. This feels similar. I I think Washington's way better than TCU. This feels similar from that perspective. Once again, normally I don't think that matters. I think the mindset of this team is just different than anything I've ever seen at Michigan, and the approach feels a little different, too, from both teams. Listen, let's just be real. It's hard. I think it's Harbaugh's last game, and I think they. And I think, and it's not to the team. It's not to the program's detriment in the sense that like there's this Paul hanging over the team or anything. I legitimately think that you know, like it's a motivating thing. Like it's his last game. This is the end of like a three-year journey for a lot of these guys yeah. on Michigan. Yeah, and or five or six. Yeah, or five or six, and you know, frankly, like. You know, with the way this all came together, with COVID years, with the guys coming back, like, you know, part of the reason I'm here, part of the reason we're all here is like, I don't know when this is going to happen again, you know? Is there
4: not any concern, though, that what if, like, God is out there and he's like, you know what, cheating's not going to win. He's going to put his foot down.
3: Well, I would hope God would wait Mm -hmm. for the investigation to be complete (laughs) before he would... But it, but it is complete. Judgment, Jeffrey. All right? They invested. The NCAA is still invested. They haven't even interviewed the Michigan coaching staff. We've been busy trying to make the national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, has anyone you know, seen
4: Connor Stallions?
3: Uh, Not yet. There's a non-zero chance he shows up at our oh, tailgate. Oh, no, no. Yeah. There's a, okay, I was going to say there's a 100% chance he's going to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we're hoping to get him at our tailgate. I, he, I think he's going to show up at our tailgate. Like, I'm pretty confident in that. I think,
4: in a weird roundabout way, it's good to be Connor Stallions right now, right? So, uh,
3: I don't good.
4: Be, I be No, to okay. Be you have to, you have to, you have to accept the fact that you're Connor Stallions. But like, right now, that guy can't. He, went, go, he has
3: etched his name in
4: Michigan lore. I will give him that. But and more must, importantly, that guy cannot go to like any Michigan game. He goes to that guy's
3: not buying a drink for once. That's not true. He's despised <laughs> by the irrational. Uh, Part of our fan base. There's a tiny part. Yeah, but there's
4: plenty of part. My thing, thing is, you can just avoid. With. You just avoid the the highfalutin fans, and then you go like, "Hey, where's the like where where are the sidewalk Michigan fans? Those guys. Those guys will take care of me."
3: I I guess I like I don't get the sense that the Michigan fan base thinks. And I'm I'm curious if you actually think this. What he did was actually helped Michigan. Um. Like, I, we, we've talked about this before. Yeah, I,
4: think I, I, I think this. I think the sign thing was like just so over, like over the top, and like my, my problem with it is, all right, if I'm worried that a team's got my signs, you know what I'm doing? I'm changing my signs. But like it was more a wristband on. You're doing what a seven
3: year old would do. Yeah, yeah. like it's.
4: <laughs> but it does go to show like the absurdity of college football coaches that like if you if you take away my ability to put a sign up so I can change the play at the line of scrimmage and I can't do that and scheme it up, um, I'm going to, like, cry. Like, that, that's, like, I told Mark, like, one of our old coaches,
3: go ahead, sorry.
4: One of our old coaches, like, in between my junior and senior year, he got a job at another school and became the head coach. When we played them the next year, we just changed our signs. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like,
3: Duh. So, so, back to what we were saying. I think most Michigan fans realize that, and so it's not like, hey, you did us a huge, solid, good work. It's like you actually didn't do shit and brought this Go on, Got one. Nailed uh, it. We're good. We're good. Continue. The over-under is still a lot higher. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We're good. We're crushing the uh, under right now. And it's like, why did you... like This team's incredible. We love this team. Why do we have to focus on this other crap? You're the cause of this. And People who know him, he still doesn't get it. This guy is in on his own planet. Like, he, yeah, but
4: doesn't that make sense? Like, when it. you when you like read that profile, like the was the Wall Street Journal profile, it's like, yeah, no, that makes all the sense in the world. That's exactly who that guy would be. The guy yeah, that like right. does a secret sign stealing operation. Like, yeah, no, that that fits. Like, that's a character that would fit.
3: Correct. Yeah. No. It, all that fits, and I think most Michigan fans realize that the 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 quote-unquote walmart wolverines may maybe don't but the ones who are here this is these are alums who are crazy people myself included mark included <laughs> i don't know if i'm as crazy as you are. is there not a little part of y'all that's scared of mccarthy what no um it i i feel like he view, he doesn't want to let he doesn't want to let Harbaugh down. Yeah,
4: he, but the problem is his his arm is not – like, it's one thing to want has,
3: to – I agree. Listen, Jeffrey, you know as well. I've talked about it many times. I'm not a great big McCarthy fan. Like, I don't think he's that good. But what he has shown a penchant for doing, he did it in the Alabama game. When they've needed a drive the last two years, the guy makes throws. Like, he does, He makes some bonehead – he does some bonehead well, let's, stuff. Well, let's go to that. Okay, number he one, he that do, that
4: the, the throw to Corum was – like that was just scheme. I give I, that's more. I give the sideline credit for that. They're like, hey, if we motion, he's going to be wide open. Flip it to him. The biggest throw of the game almost got knocked down.
3: Okay, that's one game. What about the Ohio State game? He threw some bullets two years in a row. The Ohio State game this. Row,
4: the Ohio State geez. get the Ohio State game this year. The best throw he made was that one right behind. It was like off the play action, right off the ear. The, the <laughs> defender didn't even turn his head. That was a great throw. That was La- last year, though, last year though was wide open. Like scheme shot plays, like
3: I, so the big ones were. He he made a lot of good throws in those, and the throws across the middle. Like this guy throws does really well throwing across the middle. So I like that one throw at the beginning of the game. I think was I, who knows, but I think it was five weeks of uh, five weeks of buildup, and he did have a panic attack. I think we yeah. have enough evidence to not be as worried about that. This kid shows up and makes big boy throws. And frankly, he was making a lot of good throws. Even in that third quarter, his receivers weren't helping him out. There were bad ones. But at the end of the day, you just look at his yards per attempt. He had a pretty good day against a nasty Alabama pass defense.
4: Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. There's something. I feel like you'll have seen bad quarterback play for so long that you've talked yourself into this guy's really good when I don't believe it. But if you
3: win the Natty, we'll have this conversation again. And then
4: we can. But see, I think if y'all win the Natty, like it's, this will be the revisiting conversation. If y'all win the Natty and he's the reason, then I owe everyone an apology. Like that—that that I'm fine with. If I think the way
3: that y'all win tonight is by not putting it in his hands. Well, I actually disagree. So what my guess is going to be? We were talking about this earlier. The headline is we will dominate them on offense in the trenches. We'll run down their throw. My strong guess. It's a strong guess. It's a game plan where they pack the box and are like, "McCarthy beat us," and that's actually exactly how what I think is going to happen. So, my, I would guess the first two. Drives so they
4: kind of. So they didn't ball. really do that against Texas. With Texas, uh, what they did with Texas, kind of what they did was they played two safeties back, right, and they yeah. were like, "Like, please run it, please run it," because we think. Here's the difference, though. I think they knew if you tell Sart keep running it, keep exactly. running it, he'll be like, no, I'm going to throw it because you want me to run it. Exactly. If you tell Harbaugh, keep running it, he's like, thank God. Like, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, I just – let me get my cleats on. Like, I want to run the football.
3: Yeah, he's got a tattoo to his forehead. Correct. Like, you're not, not going to do that Jedi mind trick.
4: Correct. Yeah. Like There's one if team I, that I, I, have, I have all the confidence in the world that
3: will not stop trying to run the football. It's Michigan. I mean, yeah, we okay. didn't run the ball the whole second half in Penn State. All right, Correct. so we know, how, we know how me and Hyatt are, are – kind of handicapping this game. Jeffrey, what do you think? Am I going to be leaving this stadium celebrating... Would you like my notes from today? Sure. Quote,
4: my mind is in a pretzel. Uh, Usually in college football, the team with the best big people wins. That would be Michigan. Like, I think it's very clear both sides of the ball, Michigan has the best big people, and I really honestly don't think it's that close. I think Washington's offensive line is pretty good, but I think their defensive line is basically one player. So, I'm very much... Like, that's pro Michigan. But to me, it's like the great equalizer in any level of football is the quarterback in the passing game. And I don't think it's any question how much better they are. Okay. But, like, if you look at it this way, the favorite is four and five in the CFP era. But then if you go back, if you go back to BCS, the BCS era, y'all are like the favorites, like, 30 and 10 and yeah. like the 30 times they win, like 23 of them they've covered. So it's almost like if you really believe in your heart of hearts, Michigan's going to win. You should just lay the number. And then if you really think Washington's getting undervalued, you should take the money line.
5: Okay. All right.
3: So I would just, my last point, mm-hmm. which I don't know has been talked about enough is what we've done to Ohio state's the last three years. And you go back two years, I think that was one of the best offenses in the history of college yeah, football. Yeah, but
4: Kalen DeBoer's a thousand times better coach than Ryan than Day. And so, I, so holistically, yes. Offensively, I'm not positive. I'm not a Ryan Day that. guy. Mark can, yeah. can contend. I, I, I think he is like, he wants to, he's the, t- the, it's so perfect that the sign stealing, the whole thing breaks down this year because he's the ultimate coach of, I just want to tell my quarterback where to throw it.
3: Uh, Ryan Day or Ryan Day? Ryan Day.
4: No, DeBoer. Yeah. DeBoer yeah. teaches like that's the thing. Yeah. The reason why I struggle with Pennix in like the draft is I fell in love with Jake Hayner for the same reasons. Like DeBoer has a great system. He teaches his guys like here's where, like here's how you read the field and let it rip.
3: But that's a very different offense than Ryan Day. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so okay, you know more than me. Though. I think I, I think I think I think Michigan's winning by two scores. I do too. I will say the other thing that's
4: given me a hang-up is a lot of, lot of Michigan confidence.
3: That's no, yeah, that's no, even it. us hang-up. Yeah, to, that's no, it's true. It's true. And when I will say this also, I just want to add, now that I'm here, we need to take Houston out of these big event rotations. <laughs> like, it's, it's too spread out. There's nothing around. It's, like, hard to get to the stadium. It takes forever from wherever you are to There's get to the stadium. Here. Yeah, they're, like, rerouting flights to yeah. Austin today because, like, Thank God I changed my flight to an early morning flight.
4: Like, you know. Yeah, I, I got news for you, buddy. Houston ain't getting out of that. Bu- like, that stadium that you're going to go in was specifically yeah. built to, like, whatever the checklist of you've got to have a stadium that does this, this, and this, they will always do that, that, and that to make sure that they get to host. Like, they, I think you're having the same complaint everyone has. Like, they've had what? Final Four, Super Bowl, Mania. Is there a big event yeah. they haven't had?
3: I don't know, but I know uh, that I would much rather be like Dallas or Indianapolis or New Orleans or even like Phoenix or uh, Phoenix is kinda of similar dynamic though. Arlington's right not
4: that great except the stadium, like the there is something still fun about Jerry's world. But like Arlington's not super convenient.
3: Yeah, but at least there's stuff around it. There's like no stuff around you it. You got anyway. the
4: world famous
3: Astrodome right there. I know that is true. That is true. I did check that off the list. I've now seen the outside of the Astro. Correct. I said to the Uber driver, oh, man, it's still standing. That was, that was my comment. I want to give one quick anecdote, and it might be reflective of the mm-hmm. fans, how nice we are. Is we got here, there's this poor one man walking through the parking lot with his little, like, vendor stand, very casually walking through. Four cop. These cops look have, are way too armored. They're insane. You are in Four Texas, Hyatt. Hi. Surrounded him, two on SUVs, and they created this whole kerfuffle. They said we couldn't see through. I'm pretty sure they hogtied this poor man and <laughs> brought him out. Like they're not messing around here, and they want someone to get up Oh yeah, but I mean, like that's you know, that's Texas, baby. That's Texas. I, I don't feel comfortable. Don't mess with Texas. Uh, my dad weighed in. Y'all want his score prediction?
4: Okay, go ahead. Michigan forty-one, Washington seventeen.
3: Yeah, man. yeah there you go, Mark. And
4: that, hey, uh, that's a, that's a man that thinks if you don't play football in the SEC, it doesn't
3: matter. Yeah. Before we go, I wanted to weigh in on the mm. Mikey Williams. Please, thing, by the floor floor's all yours. Um, I can't I can't believe he's entering the transfer portal. Really? Just, no, well, no, I, no. From that perspective of like, yes, he's been flaky and he's made bad decisions all along the way, but like. After, what, after the way Penny Hardaway stuck his neck out, sticking by him through all of this.
4: Hold on. You thought this was the moment that Mikey Williams was all of a sudden going to grow a conscience and get loyal? I don't know, man. It was just. I, I just well, no, no, no. Seriously. Like, seriously. You really did think like, oh, this guy's for sure. Like this guy for sure will. I also just think it's a bad decision. What major program is going to take a chance on him? Well, who says he's going to play college basketball? He seems to think so. But my, he seems to be. He's. I get the sense Mikey Williams is just
3: a. Mikey Williams likes being recruited. Yeah. Well, I I give uh, a lot of credit to Penny for sticking by him. Penny played this the right way. Ultimately, I don't think I would be. Here's what I say. I'd be shocked if Memphis regrets him him going somewhere else. Ultimately, like. I, I'll be surprised if he. Oh, I it. a thousand percent agree if with he, you like, on that. Yeah, like totally. A college basketball star, and a year or two from now, you go, man, I wish he was on Memphis. I'd be, I'd be surprised if that happens. I think I'd be surprised if he plays college basketball. I think that's, I think that's a, that's a decent uh, observation as well. Um, it feels like. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll be honest. You know, what it feels like
4: to me, somebody's trying to get another payday.
3: Well, and I also think he wants to play. You know, I think Memphis has said, you know, we want to see you. This is, again, me speculating. But my guess is Memphis has said, we want to see you complete this whole thing. Like, we're not going to let you in until next year, you know. And whether he plays this season, I'd be I'd be stunned by that. But he probably wants to, if he's going to play college ball, probably wants to be enrolled come April and, you know, get his NIL money, so to speak. And um, But uh, nonetheless, it was, uh, I, I I don't know, it just feels like another bad decision by him. That's, that it feels like not a good decision. Yeah,
4: I think I would make the argument, though, show me the part where you're like, you know what, this guy's making good
3: decisions. No, I know, you're right, you're right. No, it's honestly, it's probably, for Memphis, it's ultimately like good riddance, ultimately, it was probably going to be more trouble than it was worth.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think I go back to your point that I, the one I definitely agree with is, I think for Memphis it's bullet dodged. Yeah. And yeah. it's bullet dodged and also there is now an actually a universe where like, hey man, we did everything we could. Yeah, no, no, no.
3: I think Penny comes out looking smelling like roses and all this. He like he he can both sell the recruits like I stood by this guy, you know, like look, I'm a player's coach. I stood by this guy. And then he can also you know, he also doesn't have to deal with like what was going to be, you know, ultimately maybe Mikey Williams is a great player and it would offset the distraction sort of his notoriety would cause. But there's no doubt that his notoriety would cause some distractions whenever he joined the program or frankly, whatever program he joins, his notoriety is going to cause a distraction. And the question is, will his talent, will his skill, supersede all of that?
4: Yeah, my guess is no. Because yeah, I, I, I think, like, there's no question. Like, he's talented, but to actually rise above that type of fame that you're talking about, you basically have to be like a top five pick, and he's clearly not that. Like, if you look at yeah. look at even the freshmen that Memphis have had, like the high level freshmen, like it hasn't it hasn't just been like come in and like star since day
3: one.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, it's gonna be, um, it'll be interesting. All right, Jeffrey, I gotta get back to this tailgate. I'm missing too much. Well, gotta, so what? What?
4: What's the entertainment here? I'm watching. I'm watching on ESPN, and it, I gotta
3: say, it looks like the it, acts that they've got are not gonna be Michigan acts. Yeah, you know, we're not. I mean, this is like you know we're drinking. There's like 140 people at this tailgate. It's like a pretty big tailgate. And, and Connor Stallions. Uh, and con- maybe Connor Stallions too, um, but. I need to get back to it. I haven't seen these. I'm here for 24 hours. i got to go see these people. Yeah, God forbid you do your job. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for holding it down. I'll, I'll be in – I'm supposed to land. like I'm, I'll be back by 10 a.m. tomorrow. So uh, I'll be able to relive, hopefully, a Michigan win on air tomorrow.
4: Yeah, I haven't quite decided what I'm rooting for. All right, buddy, enjoy it. All right, see you. That is Mark Giannato. When we come back, let, let's let's – Let's stick with the Tiger conversation. Jason Munns will join the program as he does each and every Monday. We'll talk about the Mikey Williams, the J.J. This discussion, and more. We'll do all that next right here on Giannardo and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply
1: Jason Muns is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the commercial
4: appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Munsley. Joins us each and every Monday. Muns, what are we listening to? Jeffrey, this is Break the Glass by
5: the great Super Chunk. What year is this? Roughly. It's like within the last 10 years. Uh, Super Chunk's been around for a very long time. They're a, uh, well, well. Um, storied uh group out of the out of north carolina okay um yeah they've been around for a long time uh and and they're just they're not like mainstream or anything though they're like a classic indie uh sort of power pop uh garagey type uh type outfit um they're wonderful That, that song's off that song's off the album what a time to be alive
4: Good energy there for a Monday. I guess, yeah, what a time to be alive. All right, so we just briefly talked about it with Mark. To the best of your understanding, we know that Mikey Williams and JJ Taylor have entered into the transfer portal. I know you've spoken with Mikey's dad, but if you could lay it out for the listening audience and myself, like, what all happened today? And, like, how did we get here?
5: Yeah, so this has kind of been trending in this direction for a little bit. I started hearing uh, uh, rumblings about this um, after uh, last week, uh, toward the end of last week. Um, And basically, you know, everybody knows, obviously, um, that J.J. Taylor has has not been with the team for the last four games that he was suspended prior to the Vanderbilt game on December 23rd. Um, that's not necessarily what this is about. I know there's a lot of people who were like thinking that because he was suspended and because Penny said he was still serving his suspension after last night's game um that you know there there some people were drawing conclusions that maybe Mikey decided, oh well, if you're going to treat my you know, guy my that guy way, like yep. that yeah then then this is over, and that's not the case at all um this this has sort of been brewing uh like i said for a little bit and while i do believe that jj and mikey still are motivated to uh be a package deal i don't i do not believe that um the jj situation has anything to do with the mikey situation now we don't know yet exactly what sort of you know, like, you you can, there are certain things, anything we say at this point is going to be speculation. Sure. Because Mikey's father did not uh, reveal anything to me other than um, to say that this has nothing to do with anything at, you know, any, anything or anybody at the University of Memphis. He made that very clear. He said, this has nothing to do with the University of Memphis and everything to do with. Mikey simply wanting a fresh start, wanting to sort of start over, wipe the slate clean. A lot has happened in the last nine, ten months for Mikey Williams. And he just very plainly stated that they want to uh, just sort of like re-engage this process and see where it leads. He, he, He called it due diligence is what he called it. And so, you know, if you believe that and i have no reason not to um and, and maybe we'll talk about this later but yeah he's in the transfer portal but that doesn't necessarily you know we're not we're not quite nobody's quite ready to say that that 100 percent means he's going somewhere else uh at this particular point in time,
4: so when they say they want to do their due diligence, does this just mean they want to restart the recruiting process
5: that's kind yeah. of where that's where I've been confused yep, that's exactly what he said um that they you know want to open it back up and see where it leads basically and see you know what uh, opportunities may present themselves um, and it may again it it may come, you know, we may get to a point where they survey the field and, you know, determine that Memphis is still the right place for them. But, uh, you know, we don't know yet. We don't know yet exactly, uh, obviously, how that's going to play out. And, and again, we don't know, you know, I mean, we could sit here and speculate all day. We We could be like, you know did the university tell Mikey in his camp something that has led him to want to look elsewhere we don't know we're 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 waiting you know i've i've put in requests for uh for for interviews and for comment um from uh university officials and have not yet received uh Uh, anything like that. Um, So, but, you know, I I guess it's possible that, you know, the university went through their process that they said they were going to go through back in early December to determine how they were going to move forward. Now that the circumstance, you know, when when Mikey reached his plea agreement and all that stuff, um, it's entirely possible that they decided, you know, that they went to Mikey and said something that he didn't like uh, about a timeline. I don't know, uh, but it's possible. And if that's, you know, if if that happened, then maybe he said, okay, well I got to start reevaluating some things. But again, uh, his dad didn't, didn't go into super uh, specifics other than to say, we want to reopen the recruiting and it doesn't have anything to do with anything that happened in Memphis.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think Right. The first question is: Is there a triggering event? Right. And you know, the triggering event could have come from their side, could have come from the Memphis side, wh- what not. It's like: Is there a triggering event? If we don't have an answer to that, I guess my next question would be: Do we get a sense of how active in the re-recruitment process Memphis is going to be?
5: Um, uh, my gut tells me. That they're going to be pretty active. Okay. Um, that's 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 what I can say on that. Because
4: the like the then the next question I have is like okay you could you could actually talk me into it's nothing you know too drastic it's just as simple as
5: is he trying to play this year? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Like that. That was. I mean. When I talked to his uncle, who is also his manager, uh, Pat McCain, and Randy Grossman, the member of his legal team who kind of came in and saved the day um, late uh, in the process, they made it very clear, uh, and this was back in what, December 1st, December 2nd, that they wanted that that Mikey was very motivated and, and was still very motivated to get Somewhere where he could play this season, um, you know they were also very realistic though as well uh in my conversations with both of those gentlemen they they were also very realistic and seemed to you know understand that that might not happen, and that they would you know like uh, react accordingly. Um, so, but yes, I, I, I believe that he does want to get on the court this season, but I don't know that that alone is why he is entering the transfer portal. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Because
4: like on the one hand, it's like, I can see where something pretty nondescript, which is, Hey, you know, we still want you a part of the program. We just don't think it's going to happen this year. Like, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's fairly innocuous, that's not mean, and then if your goal is to, well, no, I mean, I want to play this year, like, I can see where there's a a parting of the ways, I guess the confusion for me actually stems from, like, okay, they can say all the things, like, we're realistic, we're realistic, like, are we really at a point like January 8th, like, this guy could still, I guess, theoretically, what, he could still find a home and roll somewhere, second semester hasn't started, but, like, man, that, that, feels like, I mean, wasn't he yeah. technically enrolled at Memphis?
5: Yes, yes, he was. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that he is going, and I'm not sure they know, whether, like, if he does transfer somewhere else. Like, does Memphis have to <laughs> sign off on that? Say what? Does Memphis
4: have to sign off on that? I mean, I guess not, right? Because mm-hmm. he wasn't technically on scholarship.
5: No, well, I mean, I don't know how that would work out, but um, you know, because he was he, he is on the roster and he was enrolled, um, he was not on scholarship and is not on scholarship, so I, I don't know, you know, the 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 ins and outs uh, of that part of it. Um, but yes, I I do think that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's, that's a good question. I I'd have I, to clarification on that. Again, I've been out of it for a
4: little bit, but my understanding used to always be they could prevent you – if you were on scholarship, they could make it difficult for you. But if you weren't yeah. on scholarship, you you didn't – you know what I mean? Like it was kind of uh, – now I suppose where they could make it potentially difficult is, you know, how much academic coursework has he done? Right. Like I, I do wonder, can you just transfer and be eligible in January like, – I would imagine if you're enrolled, you would have had to make some sort of progress academically. But like that's kind of where I get iffy on. I don't really know the mechanics of all that. But right, right. It does seem to me like if you're not on scholarship, I think that limits that limits what Memphis could potentially do. But I, based on what you're telling me, like I don't even get the sense that that's something that they would actually like attempt.
5: Yeah, and I mean the other question you have to ask is like whatever he was doing. Um, whatever coursework he was doing, are those credits transferable to yep. wherever you're deciding to go? And, you know, did you, again, like, do, uh, do we, we don't even know. <laughs> well, we're also um, in the era of like, does that even matter? <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, no idea. No, that's, a, that's a great point. So there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to be, um, determined. And, uh, but what we do know is that, um, Mikey is is entering the transfer portal, and uh, he is going to entertain uh, other opportunities.
4: Okay, before I move on, is there anything that I've missed in this? Uh,
5: No, I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, the one thing that I find pretty interesting at this point is my gut tells me that Memphis is perfectly fine with J.J. Taylor going into the transfer portal and going yeah. somewhere else. Um, I'm not so sure that they're perfectly fine with Mikey, Yeah, uh, with losing Mikey, uh, but I think they're a package deal. I still think they are a package deal. So if Memphis isn't interested in J.J. J. Taylor coming back, how might that affect?
4: Yeah, how much does that limit your ability to get, to, to get Mike- involved in the re-recruitment?
5: Yeah, I don't, don't, you know, that's, we'll see, Uh, we'll see, maybe, maybe, maybe my gut is wrong, maybe Memphis, um, uh, you know, if, if, if it means, if, if it's both or neither, maybe they sort of, you know, come to some sort of, uh, uh, you know, meet in the middle type of thing, but, but yeah, I, I just, I, I think that, Like anything else, uh, this is going to (laughs) be a uh, a developing story for a while. We are talking, of course, with Jason Munns, Tiger basketball beat writer
4: for the Commercial Appeal. Go follow him on Twitter, on X, at Munnsley. All right, let's get to yesterday. So I'd mentioned this to Jeff, and admittedly, um, this is nothing more than just how I felt watching the two games. So I'm not here to say that... One feeling was correct; one was incorrect. In the end, they're two and zero. I weirdly felt better about yesterday's thrilling, thrilling Javon Quinterly make and win than I did Thursday's game. And I understand, like the result is basically the same. It wasn't a blowout win; you win by three, and and moving on. But weirdly, like I just I thought. Given the travel issues that they had on Thursday, getting back into, excuse me, into Friday, I think SMU is a better basketball team. And the fact that they played on Tuesday, like I, I I don't think that they were going to have you know I to me like that was a ripe spot for SMU to kind of punch you in the mouth. And the fact that they did take the punch and they were able to respond, and, and and have the second half they did, I just left myself feeling better about that win than I did on Thursdays. Is that an appropriate response, or do you think that it's kind of neither
5: here nor there? No, that's where I'm at on it, actually. Um, I mean, let's not also forget that uh, Naquan Tomlin yeah. uh, fouled out after just 14 minutes, and so you 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 finished things off without who the player who might be your, you know, third best player, second best, second, third best I mean, you player. You could
4: talk me into the universe where he's the second best player.
5: Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, you did it uh, most of the way without him. Uh, you were down. That you know that that was the second largest deficit that they faced all season. The only other the only other uh, game where they have faced a larger deficit was Villanova. And, yeah, I, uh, I'd mentioned to Jeff. Like,
4: on the one hand, the the fact that SMU, like, I don't I don't want to act like okay, SMU was a world beater. You came back and beat them. Because the fact that SMU, given the way that first half developed, the fact they couldn't put them away gave me confidence that Memphis could come back and do it. Because like, I yeah. think if, if SMU just, instead of going 2-for-14 from 3 in the first half, let's say they go 5-for-14, is Memphis able to come back from that game? Like I, I don't know, but they didn't, and, and that's how the game went. But I did think like if SMU would have shot the basketball better, we could have been in another Villanova situation.
5: Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, and if Jalen Young hadn't come in and been the yeah. uh, stopper, if you will, um, I mean, there was a stretch where nobody could touch him on the floor, where it seemed like everything he was doing was the right thing. You know, he scored a couple of baskets. He assisted on a three-pointer, on a big three-pointer from Jaquan Walton. He took a charge. Um, he blocked a shot. And this is all kind of latish in the first half when it was a 15-point deficit and they got it down to eight. Uh, largely thanks to a bunch of stuff that Jalen Young did. But, um, but no, I, back to your point earlier, I, like, I mean, it, I haven't reported this anywhere, but I talked to uh, uh, Jonathan Pierre before the game on Sunday, and you know, we were just kind of talking about the, the, all the issues they had getting out of Tulsa and back to Memphis. Um, if anybody doesn't know, they were scheduled to leave, obviously, right after the game, and they didn't end up leaving until – Uh that was so you know, you're you're looking at like eleven, eleven thirty Thursday night leaving Tulsa, getting to Memphis shortly after midnight, and they didn't get back. They didn't leave Tulsa until like twelve thirty or one o'clock PM Friday afternoon, uh, and then had to turn around and play SMU forty eight hours later. Um and so I was talking to, to Jonathan Pierre and he was telling me like they all went to sleep. They all got on the plane in Tulsa and went to sleep. And basically the plane just like taxied around for quite a while. And then around two o'clock they woke everybody up and said, okay, uh, get on the bus. And Jonathan said, they all thought they were in Memphis and they surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they, they get on the bus and they start heading toward the hotel that they found and not until they got to the hotel did they did most of the players even realize they were still in Tulsa. Like, even after they got off the plane, they didn't realize they were still in Tulsa. So, it, I mean, it, you know, it was between that and the Caleb Mills stuff that happened on Thursday yeah. and it, 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 the fact that, I mean, this is a resilient bunch. I think if anything showed, you know, if anything uh, was proven uh, yesterday, it's that this team's pretty resilient. And... um and you're right. No, I mean SMU is no slouch. Rob Lanier is a Rick Barnes uh you know kind of disciple. He's part of the Rick Barnes tree and uh he he had him he had him playing with that sort of MO and uh and Memphis was able to was able to uh come away with the win. We're now a full week into
4: conference play. They're 2-0. And to me like I look at it this way, it's like okay, were these, you know, two great performances that inspire, you know, tons and tons of confidence? Probably not. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, to your point, they flashed the graphic up yesterday. Uh, I know you were you were on the you were on the sideline, but the ESPN flashes the graphic up. They were seven and one in games decided by six points or fewer. They win yesterday. They're now eight and one. So this team yeah. does does have that ability to, you know, figure it out late game. I think the problem, though, that I'm having is it's not even Memphis. It's not the league. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up
1: for training camp.
4: Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app,
1: the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams
4: all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming
1: live and always available on demand.